Chapter 4 of Ruffles and Danny, or The Responsibility of Ruffles, by Marjorie Watson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 The end of the long journey came at last. Danny was very tired. The restricted area possible for physical exercise in a Pullman for three days at a stretch had not been adequate to the needs of Danny's legs. Even the woman with the parrot, who boarded the train at Barnstable, had palled, no pun intended, after a while. Even Ruth announced that she felt as if she could sleep for a week without stirring. "'That's because we have come down from such a height,' said her father. "'Just think, we have been steadily descending from about six thousand feet to practically sea level. This cape is about as flat as any place you could find.' It will take us two or three days to get acclimated. He set Danny down on the platform of the little wooden station, which had a forlorn and deserted appearance, for they seemed to be the only arrivals. "'Where's the West Harwich water?' demanded Danny, in an I'm-in-no-mood-to-be-trifled-with manner. Dewey snatched him up, giving him a smacking kiss. "'Now, little cap'n,' she said soothingly. Don't be in too much of a hurry. We've got to take a little drive first. But Danny wriggled quickly to the ground and ran toward a three-seated buckboard which was just driving up, drawn by two good-looking horses. Springing down, the driver came forward and touched his cap. Mr. Sanderson, sir? he asked. Right, my man, agreed Mr. Sanderson. Are you to drive us to the cottage? "'Yes, sir, right this way, sir. Front seat, little chap?' He swung Danny up to the slippery cushion which was plenty wide enough for three grown persons, so Dewey clambered up also. Since the experience in the South Station, Dewey allowed she'd give him very little rope. "'How about the trunks, my friend?' inquired Mr. Sanderson. "'We'll bring them up after, after next train, sir.' "'All right, now we're off.' There was little chance for conversation as they rattled over the sandy road. It so happens that the drive from the station until you reach the village proper is extremely uninteresting, with only a few straggling farmhouses. Danny was quiet for a long time. He sat with his head leaning against the back of the seat, turning to look first on one side and then on the other. Finally, he said, dreamily, "'Do we?' "'Well, what?' asked the girl. "'I guess,' he said slowly, "'that all the peoples must have gone on a picnic to the North Canyon.' The driver grinned with delight and flicked the off horse with the whip. "'Well, if they have,' smiled Dewey, "'they'll need all their sandwiches before they get back.' "'You just wait, little feller. In a week or two there'll be picnic enough right here. It's early in the season yet. These horses of mine won't be quite so fat by the end of the summer. Kit, Jim, wake up!' he called. "'You're fat and lazy now, all right.' The rhythmic click-clack of the hoof-beats, which quickened in response to his voice, seemed to contradict his accusation. When they came in sight of the village, Ruth waked up a bit. Her father had sat with arms folded, filling his lungs with deep breaths of salt air. "'My, this smells good to me,' he said. 
The wind must be right off the ocean. The driver beamed with appreciation. Well, you see, he explained, the cape's so narrow that whichever way the wind blows, and it blows the heft of the time down here, it ain't fur to come across the land. As they drove through the village street, he named the points of interest, and finally they turned a corner. Now we're on the shore road, he said. Twon't be long afore you can see your own house. They passed a pretty stretch of pine woods on the right, and several attractive summer residences on the left, just showing through the groves of pine, carpeted with the dull red needles, and caught occasional glimpses of a tidal river. "'Oh, Dad!' exclaimed Ruth. "'Just look at that beautiful old white house. It looks as though it was just inviting us to come in. Who lives there, driver?' With a great deal of pride, the man informed Ruth that, "'Cap'n and Miss Frost and Miss Mary live there all year round. Miss Mary has been off on a visit to Salem, but is calculatin' to get back to Pointing with his whip to a distant corner of the garden, there's the cap'n now. You'll get to know them all, and there ain't any nicer folks anywheres, I don't believe. As the buckboard rattled by, the large man in the garden rose from his task among the plants, stood at his full height, and raised a wide-brimmed straw hat with a gesture of welcome. Mr. Sanderson cordially returned the salutation, and Danny waved his hand. That'll be someone for you to play with, Dad, predicted Ruth. He looks as though he could reel off yarns without limit. Danny, Danny, look! She continued in a crescendo of excitement, pointing to the wide expanse of bay which now came in sight. The day was gloriously clear, the water blue and sparkling. Danny stood up, all animation. The West Harwich water! he gasped. Ruffles, it's, it's laughing, I think. Danny's own laugh was a merry gurgle of pure, unadulterated joy. "'Let's guess which is our house,' said Ruth playfully, as they rumbled over the wooden bridge which crosses the river. "'Oh, I hope it's that one way out on the point, in the pine grove.' "'You're a good guesser, miss,' approved the driver, "'for that's it.' The rest of the day was full of work for all, inspecting the rooms, assigning the chambers, unpacking, getting something to eat for four hungry mortals. It was a weary little boy that Ruth finally tucked up in the small white bed in her own room, which looked out across the bay to the east. "'Listen, Danny,' she whispered, as the curly head dropped to the pillow, "'I think I hear a whippoorwill. "'Ask him to wait till morning,' muttered a sleepy voice. In a second, his breathing came soft and regular. Ruth dropped a light kiss on the rounded cheek and crept quietly down to take a turn on the piazza with Dad. End of chapter 4